You're listening to another message from Generation City Church. Have you, um, have you ever had one of those moments? If you're like me, you have lots of moments. Um, but have you ever had one of those moments where you make a decision or you determine in your heart that you're going to do something? It's like, okay, this is the line in the sand moment. I'm standing up and I'm going to step across that and there's, there's no turning back. Have you ever had one of those moments... And then within the space of a day, maybe three, maybe a little bit longer, maybe five, all of a sudden, it's almost like everything has decided to come against you in that moment that you wish you'd never made the decision in the first place. Have you ever ever experienced that in your life? No. No one's experienced that in their life. It's just me. It's just me up here telling a story about me. Well, if it doesn't relate to anyone, sit back. (laughs) That's not what I thought was going to happen. <laughs> but surely, I'm not the only one. Now, a couple of weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago when, um, when I was sharing the word one Sunday morning, I, I um, was talking about perseverance and the need to keep going. And you might be thinking, well, you're the one who brought that message and you're preaching it, so you're living it and you're pushing through. And um, I'd like you to think that, but it's not always true. (laughs) It's not always true. And you know what? In the days and week that ensued after that Sunday morning, I walked out of here and I was like, yeah, come on. Let's keep going. Let's keep doing. Let's keep marching around those walls of Jericho. Even though we're not seeing those bricks come down, let's keep marching because you know what? As Stephen Furtick says, don't stop on six. Within a week, I was in a hole and I had enough and there was no way I wanted to keep going. There was no way I wanted to keep going. If someone had said, well, someone actually did say it to me, <clears throat> Jono, um, said to me, do you remember you actually preached about this the other day? I'm like, yeah, thanks, mate. That's great. But I tell you what, the moment we, we, the moment we step across that line, and say, come on, we're going to do this. We're going to keep persevering. We're going to hang in there and we're going to keep going. Sometimes it does feel like all the hordes of hell are against us. Come on, is it just me? It's awful. So what I preached, what I brought that Sunday morning, I kind of failed to outwork in my own life. But I'm telling you that because I want you to know that I'm just like you. I don't think I'm the only one that walked out and felt totally swamped by stuff. But this morning in the, the time that we have together, I want to keep looking at this thing called perseverance. I want to have another look. I want to keep looking at this this phrase that even think about perseverance and all of a sudden these images of pain and and, um, doing things you don't want to do, struggles and hard times immediately come to mind. But the Christian life, the life of a Christ follower 
is one of perseverance. Is one of perseverance. The, um, the, the text that we launched from a couple of weeks ago is Hebrews 10, verse 36. And I want to ask if you would come with me to that passage again. Hebrews 10, 36. If you can put your finger or maybe a little stringy thing in there and also open yourself a couple of pages after the book of James. It's from that place that I want to um, set our course this morning. But Father, I thank you for your redeeming power. I thank you for your redeeming power. I thank you that it is the resurrected King who is resurrecting us. And God, though we may not get it right, though we may stumble and fall. As Audrey put it so, so well, Jesus reached down to Peter and pulled him up in the same way every time you pull us up. Father, I pray as we open your word, as we just spend a few moments diving into your word that is living and active, I pray you would speak. I pray that your word would be like seed on soil that is ready. And God, what I say would just fall away and what you want to say would be said. Like in Ephesians 1 when Paul prayed, let the spirit of wisdom and revelation fall in this place that we would know you more. That we would know you more. In Jesus' name, amen. Hebrews 10 verse 36 says you need to persevere. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. Coming across into James, James chapter 1. Reading from verse 2, James is writing and he says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Do you feel joyful about the trials? Do you feel joyful about the struggle? Do you feel joyful about that Jericho in your life that you're marching around but you've got this big smile on your face? But James says, consider it pure joy. My brothers and sisters, whenever you face, whenever, not when it's a trial that feels nice, or this is a bit of an easy one, this is a bit of a gimme, but whenever we face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Let perseverance finish its work. I wonder how many of us short-circuit the plans and purposes of God in our lives 
because we fail to persevere. How many of us short circuit what God wants to do in us? Because before God can do something through us, God wants to do something in us. But how many of us buckle when we face trial, when we face tribulation, when we face hard times, simply because we can't persevere? We spent some time a couple of weeks ago in Joshua 6, the story of Joshua and the Israelites marching around the battle of the, the walls of Jericho. How wouldn't it have been great as the Israelites are marching around the walls if every lap they did, one layer of bricks came off at a time. Every time they marched, off came another layer of bricks. Off came another layer of bricks. But sometimes we don't want to persevere because we're not seeing the results. We're not seeing progress. But I think that's why James in chapter 1 says, the testing of your faith... The testing of your faith produces perseverance. But here are these Israelites marching around the walls, not seeing any change, not seeing any progress. Yet here they are marching one foot in front of the other, one foot in front of the other. I think one of the reasons that I fail to persevere in circumstances is because I live in an instant society. I live in an instant society. A society that wants things now. A society that doesn't want to wait. A society that doesn't want to do the hard yards. Because we want it now. The other reason that I personally struggle to persevere is because I'm not seeing progress. I'm not seeing results. So I give up. Is that the same for you? Is it the same for you? Because I know we chuck a willy when we're in the drive-thru and we've got to wait three minutes for that coffee. I'm sorry, but there's going to be a five-minute wait on your McNuggets today. And it's like the whole world has exploded because you've got to wait five minutes for your nuggets. They said to me the other night when I drove through KFC for the first time in months, the first time in months. (laughs) I drove through because I usually go in. So I drove through KFC. I usually go in and wangle the deal over the counter. But there was going to be 13 minutes 13 minutes on my chicken. 13 minutes. That's a lifetime. But how how often do we just go, oh, no, don't worry about that. I'll just have something else. No, no, I won't get the chicken. I'll just get the wrap. Not that I've ever had a wrap from KFC. But I wonder, I wonder. I'm making a point. I wonder how many of us How many of us in the spiritual realm, in the heavenlies, God's going, come on, just wait a little bit longer. Just wait a little bit longer. Just wait a little bit longer. Just hang in there that little bit longer. But here we are here going, you know what, God? 
I'm going to take something else instead. I'm going to take something that gratifies me right now. Too often, too often we, we satisfy ourselves with what we want now rather than what we want most. I know that's real for me. Maybe you don't want to hear a preacher say some of the things I'm saying. Maybe you don't want to hear about a preacher who struggled with perseverance the week after he preached about it. But I want you to know, I want you to know that you're not on your own. This isn't a battle that just some of us face. But I'm battling it myself. What have you settled for? What have you settled for as an alternative to what God wants for you? Because of what you want now. Because we want instant. We want instant. We don't want to persevere. We don't want to put in the hard yards. I feel like God's saying this morning to each one of us, it's worth the wait. It's worth the wait. It's worth the wait. Though it may not feel like it right now, it's worth the wait. You know, to persevere, to persevere is a determined continuing a determined continuing if I was going to put a title on my message this morning it would be a determined continuing a determined continuing in the face of disappointment a determined continuing in the face of trial in the face of discouragement in a face in in the face of not receiving what we thought was ours, a determined continuing when that prayer still isn't answered, a determined continuing when that promise hasn't been fulfilled. I just think about Abraham. Around the age of 75, he gets this word from God, this promise. This promise that you're going to have a son. You're going to be the father of many nations. Even at 75, to Abraham, it was laughable. But the Bible doesn't tell us that the very next year, or nine months later, Sarah had a son. It was another 24 years. When he was 99 Isaac was born when he was a hundred. But he didn't let go. He kept going. There was a determined continuing in his heart. There's a determined continuing when the walls are shut up and barred. When it looks like there's no entry. When there looks like there's no possible victory. A determined continuing. I don't know about you, but I've already put in my own heart and in my own mind this week. I was thinking about it last night as I was preparing and gathering my thoughts. That I'm preparing to batten down the hatches again. 
Because as we continue to talk about persevering, I know that the word says that the enemy roars around like a roaring lion. He isn't a roaring lion. He is like a roaring lion. We know who the true lion is, the lion of the tribe of Judah, Jesus, seeking someone to devour. But I've already determined in my heart that this week I'm expecting to face challenges because I can't step out and step up thinking that the enemy just wants to let me do that. And it's the same for you as well. There are four things I want to very quickly look at this morning. Four aspects. Four practical elements where I believe we need to apply a determined continuing. And the first one is a determined continuing in the word. A determined continuing in the word. I want to encourage you this morning to guard the place from which you feed. Guard the place from which you feed. Maybe at the moment you're feeding yourself from other people's opinions. Maybe you're feeding yourself from social media. Maybe you're feeding yourself in comparison to how somebody else is going. One thing I say to Sienna when I pray with her at night is I pray, God, let her identity and her value be found in what you say, not what her friends say. Let it be found in the fact that her worth is more valuable than rubies and pearls. But I think so often we, we feed out of the lies that the media tell us. We feed out of the lies of what the definition of success actually is. And we're sold a dummy. And we're sold a dummy. Hebrews 4 verse 12. In the Amplified Version. It says, For the word that God speaks... Some other translations say the word of God. For the word that God speaks is alive. The word that God speaks is alive and full of power. I think sometimes we need to sailor on that for a moment. The word of God is alive and full of power, making it active, operative, operative, yeah, operative, you yeah, will take that. Operative, energizing, and effective. Let's look at those words again. Making it, no, sorry, the word of God is alive. It is full of power, making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. Have you let go of the word? Have you let go of of the promises that are in his word? Have you stopped taking time to sit and let the word change you from the inside out because it doesn't look active? 
It doesn't appear to be alive. It doesn't appear to be effective. But we don't know. We don't fully comprehend what God is doing. What the word of God is achieving. But we give up. We give up because we're not seeing the results that we want to see. Psalm 1 It says, blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates. The Amplified says, habitually ponders on his law day and night. Who meditates, who habitually ponders. Another verse that's extremely well known is in Joshua 1.8 where it says, Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate. Meditate on it day and night. So these two verses, Psalm 1 and Joshua 1, have you noticed what word the Bible uses When it talks about the word. Notice that Psalm 1 verse 2 doesn't say. And on his word he reads. Day and night. Notice how in Joshua 1. It doesn't say. Don't let this word depart from your lips. But read it. Day and night. But it talks about meditating. Talks about meditating on the word day and night. And on the law of the Lord, his, his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on it, he meditates, habitually ponders. I think the enemy has sold us a lie that just because you read your chapter a day, you're going to be fine. But I don't know how many times, I've lost count. I seriously have lost count the amount of times that I've sat down to read the word. I've read my chapter And then half an hour later, I could not tell you anything about it. But the word of God has power when we meditate on it. When we meditate on that word. But what's meditating? Meditating is simply focused thinking. Focused, intentional thinking. Oh, Joel, my mind's just not that good. My mind's just not that sharp. I I just can't stay focused on one thing for that long. That's absolute baloney. I know it's true for me. It's true for me because some of the things that I find myself pondering, having focused thinking on past hurts, on on areas where I, I, I I should have received something or... Believe me, when it's something that I want to focus my thinking on, I can focus my thinking. But we need to be people who with a determined continuation, a determined continuing, ponder the word of God. Ponder the word of God. Joshua 1.8 says, Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. But I think these four points pretty much roll one into the other. 
Joshua, God says to Joshua, meditate on it day and night. Keep this word on your lips. But do we just keep it in our head? But no, it needs to move from our heart, from our head to our lips. I know for me, I've, I've determined in my heart that my focused thinking and my pondering in the word of God is around God's faithfulness. He is faithful to his word. He's faithful to his promises. His promises are only as good as his name and his word. But the faithfulness of God is so real. Rather than focusing on the unanswered prayer, let's focus on his faithfulness. The second thing, a determined continuing with our confession. A determined continuing with our confession. You see, what we think about comes out of our mouth. So our determined continuing in the word will help empower us for a determined continuing in our confession. Because it's simply an overflow of what we're putting in. It's an overflow. Proverbs 18. Proverbs 18 verse 21. Says. The tongue has the power of life and death. And those who love it will eat its fruit. I think when we talk about this passage. We talk about this verse and what it says. So often we can think about that verse from the perspective of the words that I speak over other people. The words that we speak over someone else. I've I've got to watch my words when I speak to someone else because I've got the power to build up or to tear down, which is so true. So true. But the flip side of that verse is I've got the power of life and death over my own life. Over my own life. This verse isn't just talking about the other people, the people that I come into contact with. But my words have the power of life and death over myself. Every time you open your mouth, you're ministering death or life. And whatever you dish out is what you're going to eat. Whatever you dish out is what you're going to eat. That's what the word says. And those who love it will eat its fruit will eat its fruit one of the first things to go when things aren't turning out the way we want them to turn out when we're getting tired when we're feeling overcome is our confession it's our confession but we need to let the word of God fuel our confession to fuel our confession hebrews 4:14 therefore since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven jesus the son of god let us hold firmly to the faith we profess let us hold firmly hebrews 10:23 tells us to hold unswervingly to hold firmly and to hold unswervingly Our confession has so much power. 
Maybe you need to stop thinking about the words that you're speaking over other people. Think about the words that you're speaking over yourself. Because we're eating of its fruit. We're eating of its fruit. Oh, Joel, this is just the power of positive confession. It's the Bible. It's the Bible. Don't take that rubbish. That it's just the positive confession. Positive confession. That's what the Word says. It's what the Word says. Our confession then leads to a determined, a determined continuing with thankfulness. With thankfulness. It's so easy for us to lose our sense of gratitude. Maybe you didn't receive the promotion at work that you thought you were going to receive. But instead of letting a spirit of entitlement rise up within you, why not turn that around and thank God that you still have a job? That you're not out on the street. That you didn't get that, but I have a job. Maybe, maybe, maybe you're battling a really serious illness that doctors believe will eventually cause you to die. But rather than wallowing in that moment, please hear what I'm trying to say. Let's thank God for the fact that it hasn't taken you yet, that I still have breath in my lungs. But thankfulness and gratitude is a choice. But it all flows from a determined continuing in the word, determined continuing in our confession, still speaking out, even though we don't see, into a determined continuation, a determined continuing in thanksgiving and thankfulness, which leads to my final point this morning, if the creative team... would come back. There's one other verse before I go to my last point. It's 1 Thessalonians 5, which we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. But the last one this morning is a determined continuing in our praise. A determined continuing in our praise. Hebrews 13 verse 15. If you're not sure where to read in the word this week or you just, I don't read because I don't know where to start. Maybe take some of these scriptures home with you. 13 verse 15, through Jesus, therefore let us continually, let us continually, a determined continuation, continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise. A sacrifice of praise. 
the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. A sacrifice of praise is simply praising when you don't feel like it. That's as deep as it gets. It's simply praising God regardless of how we feel. And I think it's very interesting. It doesn't finish at offer to God a sacrifice of praise. But this verse is very specific about how that praise needs to be offered. It's the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. It's confession. It's confession. A determined continuation in our confession. A determined continuation in our praise. The fruit of lips that openly profess his name. You know, one of my one of my favorite, favorite stories in the Bible. I haven't talked about it for a long time. Is in Acts 16. Reading from verse 22, it says, The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they'd been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. I want to just pause there for a second. You know, maybe you're here this morning and it feels like a crowd of people are coming against you. It feels like a crowd out of nowhere is coming against you. And it talks about them being stripped and beaten with rods. You know, stripped speaks of embarrassment. Maybe you're here and, and you're carrying a sense of embarrassment. How silly, how stupid do I look that I'm persevering, that I'm holding on to this promise from God. Maybe it feels like you're standing there naked in front of a crowd with everything on display. You know, I just think about Bettina. She was incredible on Friday night sharing some of her story. She said on Friday night that she held on to the promise that was 14 years, 14 years before Claire was born. I wonder, I wonder if through that time whether Bettina felt embarrassed that she was even still holding on to that promise. Maybe it felt like people were saying, come on, give up. And she's got that bundle of joy, Claire, because she held unswervingly to the hope that she professed. But maybe it feels like you're embarrassed after they'd been severely flogged. Maybe you feel like you've copped a flogging. They were thrown into prison. But not only that, they were thrown into the inner cell where it was dark, where it was cold, where it was just awful. 
They weren't somewhere with a window and it definitely wasn't like prison today where you've got Foxtel on demand. They were in the inner cell and their feet were fastened in stocks. Maybe you're feeling today like your feet are in stocks and you're not making any progress. You're not making any progress because your feet are fastened. You can't move forward. You you can't do anything because of these things that are holding you back. But as the story goes on, this is about midnight. In the darkness. Not during day, but about midnight. Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Here's these two guys in this jail cell, having been flogged, having been beaten with rods, stripped naked, sitting in prison, their feet in these stocks, unable to move. But they determine in their heart that they're going to sing. They're going to sing. They're going to worship God. I reckon that was a sacrifice of praise. I, I, I don't believe for a second that Paul and Silas would have wanted to have praised God in that moment. But they offered a sacrifice of praise. It then goes on, it's verse 26. It says, Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. There was such a violent earthquake. And we determine in our hearts to have a determined continuation of praise. We position ourselves for a suddenly from God to take place. It looked totally unlikely that anything good was going to come of this situation. They were in the inner cell with their feet in the stocks. Yet they still praised anyway. Maybe in your darkest moment right now, you need a determined continuation to praise, to continue to exalt Him and honour Him, regardless of what the facts tell us. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. It wasn't just Paul and Silas's prison door that was opened. It was everyone. The Bible tells us in the previous verse that as they were singing, as they were praising, the other prisoners were listening to them. Who's listening to you right now in the middle of your trial, in the middle of your struggle, in the middle of this battle that is raging around you? Who's listening and who is watching? They didn't participate in the praise, but because Paul and Silas determined in their heart to continue, to continue, they weren't the only recipient of a breakthrough. They weren't the only recipient. Every prisoner, every prisoner's door, was flung open. It wasn't that long ago our senior pastor spoke a word from this platform that Judah became the father of Perez. 
Judah became the father of Perez. Judah meaning praise. Perez meaning breakthrough. Let your praise give birth to your breakthrough. But it's going to take a determined continuing. A determined continuing to persevere and to push through. Father, I thank you. Father, I pray for each person who is here today. Father, that we would receive an injection from heaven to keep going. Maybe we've simply sat down and decided that it's too hard. Father, I pray for an impartation of your grace, your mercy and your power into every situation. Into every situation. That you would strengthen us and help us to determinedly continue in the word to determinedly continue in our confession, to determinedly continue in in our thanksgiving and a determined continuing in our praise. Father, I thank you that you are faithful and your promises are true. Maybe here this morning and you've never taken the first step on a journey of getting to know God. Maybe the circumstances in your life are overwhelming you. You feel like you're drowning. We'd love the opportunity to introduce you to Jesus. who loved you so much he gave himself for you. The Bible says if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you shall be saved. But the first step is to acknowledge him and to receive him into your heart. If that's you this morning and you want to Take the first step on the journey of getting to know God. While every head is bowed and every eye is closed, I invite you just to raise your hand. And maybe you're here this morning and you gave up time ago, maybe you just threw it aside it was just too hard 
you didn't persevere. But the God that we're talking about, the God that we've been worshipping, He is into fresh starts. He's into new beginnings. If you're here this morning, you feel like you need to take a fresh start with God. God doesn't hold our past or sin against us. But when we come to Him through Jesus, His, His blood covers and washes it away. Now, I want us to pray this morning. Join with this young lady. Pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you of Jesus I can have a relationship with you not based on anything I've done or anything I've said but simply because you made a way I ask that you would wash me clean that you would take away my sin and help me to walk with you I thank you that you love me and nothing will ever stop that love. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Keep going.